PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites. Archive, distribute, and display your photos in a flash-free, responsive website. Try one for free for 14 days at PhotoShelter.com. Get our latest educational guides for free. PhotoShelter.com slash resources. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Alan Murabayashi. You are watching I Love Photography Live, broadcasting from New York, the world headquarters of PhotoShelter. You might be watching us on youtube.com slash photoshelter, or you might be listening to the podcast by going to iTunes and searching for I Love Photography. Whatever the case may be, we're happy to have you here, and we're happy to have our co-host, Sarah Jacobs. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Alan. How you doing? Man, it was a nice day yesterday. It was. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I was just, you know, I, I, I had to run an errand, so I was on my city bike. And I was thinking, this is New York in the spring, baby. Yeah. Oh, man, the flowers just need to come out, and it'll be complete. We have a nice Easter Sunday coming up. It's supposed to be 61 and sunny. Ah, lovely. Well, why don't we talk about photography? Let's do it. Uh, you know what's coming up on Monday. Who knows? A lot of things are coming up. Well, one <laughs> of the things that's coming up on Monday is opening day for many of the Major League Baseball teams. And there's one team in particular that's been doing pretty well in the past few years, and it's not my New York Yankees, unfortunately. It's the San Francisco Giants, and our friend Brad Mangin has a brand new book celebrating, again, their third championship in like five years or whatever it is. This one is called Championship Blood. Uh, you can get it on pre-order at Amazon.com, but... You know, Brad is probably more known now for his Instagram, his instant baseball photos. And he's got a massive following on Instagram, and he goes down to uh, spring training and shoots all this stuff. But the guy can flat out shoot baseball. He has and, a book on his Instagram stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got an instant baseball book uh, mm -hmm. about a few years ago. But, you know, it's one thing to shoot people standing still when you're doing like an Instagram portrait or like a wide uh, 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 shot of the stadium or the ballpark. It's another thing to use a 400 millimeter lens and get anything sharp. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> Not easy. And the guy makes it look easy. So get that championship blood. There you go. Brad Manchin. Speaking of uh, photo shelter uh, people, we came across, well, I think it was Andrew, our CEO, came across this site. And he, you know, there was no angle here. He just posted it to his Twitter. And I saw the guy's work. And I was like, holy smoke, this is some nice photography. Jonathan Bilaski uh, is doing environmental portraiture, um, lit stuff, but it's just gorgeous. The clarity and the colors. Yeah. You know how we found him, the team here? Uh, he submitted to Lattice. Oh. Yeah, and that's kind of how his work got on our radar. And then it got passed around the office because we, you know, we always share photographers we like. And Andrew was just blown away, as we all were. And so everyone was just raving about it. Yeah, well, there you go, folks. If you have good photography on your photo shelter site, submit it to a lattice board, which is a little way that we aggregate and display photography. Um, you can see it at photoshelter.com slash lattice. But this guy's photography is unbelievable. I wish my photography looked like this. Sadly, <laughs> it doesn't. It's uh, to be noted that he's using a Horizon template. It's one of our Beam templates. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have a good website, why don't you check out Photo Shelter and like the Horizon template? <laughs> <laughs> be like Jonathan. 
We do. Uh, you have a little uh, workshop here you want to give a shout out to. Yeah, this workshop's happening very soon, um, but it sounds amazing. It's it's not really a traditional photo workshop in like a shooting sense, but they help uh, the people who attend target a better approach at communication in general. So this is a workshop, it's called the Image Deconstructed Workshop, and it happens at the University of North Carolina yeah. at Chapel Hill, uh-huh, and it's April 10th through 12th. Um, and this year they have a lot of great people coming to do talks and also reviews. Um, yeah. So this is at the uh, the website tidworkshop.com, the image deconstructed tid.com. Yeah, some some cool faculty, cool programming. We're always talking about neat workshops around there. So if you know of a neat workshop, uh, you know, give us a shout out um, by tweeting at us or emailing or whatever the kids are doing. I don't know if we, <laughs> I don't know if we're watching Yik Yak since we talked about it the other week. <laughs> Just Yik Yak it. No, mm -mm. no, we're not on YouTube. Still yet. not on there. Okay, well, it's all anonymous anyway, so forget forget that we brought it up. Uh, the final four is happening um, this coming week uh, after a month of March Madness for college basketball, and one of my friends has been shooting uh, the final four now for his sixtieth year. Rich Clarkson, who served as uh, DP and editor of National Geographic. I mean, the guy, he was uh, at newspapers. Uh, he started NCAA photos. He's been photographing the final four for 60 years. And wow. they're going to honor him this year. <laughs> it's time. It's time. <laughs> it's totally time. The guy, is, I mean, the guy has really influenced multiple generations I would I would I would dare say he he would he he influenced like three solid generations of photographers starting with uh, Jim Richardson and David Allen Harvey who worked for this guy at the newspapers I mean he's been around forever I don't mean that in a pejorative way but rich you know you've been around forever <laughs> Uh, so if you're uh, fortunate enough to be at the final four check that out but there's this also really nice article about him on the Denver Post. Uh, Rich is based in uh, Denver, so uh, you've probably seen him out and about town in his nice Cadillac. He loves that car. <laughs> the NPPA announced Photojournalists of the Year uh, and a bunch of different other prizes as well, but you know, I was going through uh, some of the winners here and I was looking at the small markets winner, Jerry Wolford. And let me tell you, he won for coverage at uh, News and Record. It's a, a newspaper in Greensboro, North Carolina. And these photos are fantastic. So we're looking at one of kids on a school bus um, waving goodbye. It looks like they're going to camp. And all of these kids are cheering, but the girl in the center of the frame is crying. And, uh, but my favorite was this one of the eating contest. I don't know if you saw it, <laughs> yeah, but it's like a pie eating contest, and the kid looks like he's about to lose his his lunch there. His yeah, his his pie. His his eyes are bulging. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like this is you know the problem in a lot of cases with photojournalism. It's not the type of stuff you want to put on your wall because it can be not the happiest of subjects. This, of course, being kind of a feature uh, style photo. Like, I would totally put this on my wall. 
This is good stuff. <laughs> well, congr congratulations to all the winners uh, of the NPPA Awards yeah. this year. Some really, really nice stuff. I know. I, I was happy to see Mary Calvert get uh, recognition for her series about uh, sexual assault happening in the American military. Super mm -hmm. important to shed light on that. And uh, I'm glad that she got recognized with the Cliff Ednam Award. Yeah, and there's so many, you know, we're just looking at the photojournalists of the year, but there were, you know, writers and uh, multimedia. There's just, just a whole slew of uh, awards that are out. So you can see all of those winners at the NPPA website at NPPA.org. A couple of uh, sad notes in the past week. Um, the first being uh, Paul Buff uh, passed away at the age of 78. If you ever got into artificial lighting with strobes. You've probably heard of alien bees or Paul Buff or Einstein units. Um, the guy was a legend. So where, whereas all of the other uh, manufacturers of strobe equipment are selling their packs for $2,000, $3,000, $10,000, Paul brought high-powered short-duration flash to the masses for like a few hundred dollars. Um, and he also had made like, yeah, I think Chris O'Young and, and I both got these ginormous um, umbrellas at one point. I don't even remember what they were called, like jumbrellas or something like that, <laughs> that were, you know, like $70. Whereas everybody else was selling those things for like $1,000. So that's not oh. to say that they had the same build quality or anything like that, but, but it was the only way you were going to get in at an entry level price. And, Thousands upon thousands of photographers have been using this stuff, and it, it's a sad uh, day in photography for that to happen. The other one that blew me away because it was kind of just out of the blue is lighting manufacturer and lighting modifier manu manufacturer Photoflex went out of business after 30 years. They just posted on their website that they were going out of business. Totally random, huh? No pre-news, right? No pre-news. Yeah, that's kind of like when Calumet just... Posted. Oh, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you kind of get the sense, at least with Calumet, maybe there were some, you know, there were investors in that business. So there was probably some buzz about that. But I feel mm -hmm. like the Photoflex thing was just like, I, I have a ton of Photoflex stuff in my closet. Yeah. Uh, that I still use. Um, hard to believe that they went out of business, but, but clearly difficult to compete with, you know, all the mega brands. Um, by just making light modifying equipment. So Photoflex, uh, sad to see you go. Who doesn't love Sebastian Salgado's work? And here is a documentary uh, produced in part with his son, Giuliano Salgado. And Wim Winders. Who doesn't love Wim Winders' work? And this is called The Salt of the Earth. <laughs> presenting his photographic life and lens. And it's, it's, I think it's like on Netflix or iTunes or ah. Amazon or something. You can watch it now. Oh, I got to. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is an amazing collaboration. So the German director, Wim Winders, who I, I haven't seen many of his films, but I have seen Paris, Texas very recently, actually. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite films. And uh, he found one of Sal Salgado's yep. um, prints a long time ago and just fell in love with it 
and knew that he had to meet him at some point. And it, it took many years, but they, the two finally met and Wim was like, I have to make a documentary about your work. And, uh, you know, they, they admit in the article that it was a little bit of a meeting of the egos, which I can totally understand. I mean, they're both <laughs> two very talented men. Um, but I, I think the result, both of them claim, you know, that the result of them working together and, and really coming together on their differences made for an amazing film. So I, I can't wait to see it. You know, I have a big regret that I never made it up to the International Center of Photography to see his exhibit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's still traveling around the country, so maybe I'll have to. And, and that's for his work. It was, I believe it was a kind of a, a lifetime retrospective. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but to be able to see, you know, you, you can go to the bookstore. I know there's a Toshin in Soho and you can go by there and look at his stuff, but it's not quite the same as seeing it large scale. No. Huge. Cause the detail in, in his stuff and the, and the black and white and all the, the clarity of the image. So yeah, this, this, this will be for the binge watching mm -hmm. uh, on the weekend there. We've talked about social media a lot. We talked about Yik Yak uh, last show, which isn't a photo app. It's just a weird app that I've been enjoying. <laughs> that we still don't really understand. <laughs> I don't really understand it, but it's fun. Uh, a lot of photographers um, have heard of Snapchat, but might be a little confused because Snapchat is the app uh, where the photos you take uh, disappear after a few seconds. It initially had a lot of notoriety because it was thought of as the sexting app. People thought that's all that was happening. Those kids, they're sexting each other. So the images disappear. <laughs> Turns out that's not really what's going on. I'm, I, I'm not saying it's not happening, but a lot of uh, kids nowadays, millennials and, and Gen Zs, um, whatever they're calling them, uh, like th there's nothing um, that important about keeping photos. Right. And particularly the way that we stream our lives nowadays, it's like Instagram is for the curated version of your life. And Snapchat's just walking down the street, showing you what I saw, what I ate, who, who I'm hanging out with without having to worry about composition and whatnot. Right. Um, yeah, kids are using this purely as a communication tool rather than sending a text. Or, right. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. So here comes, uh, Generation X photographer, Alex South. Um, and what he's done with Snapchat is you can pay him to have one of the seats to view what he's going to Snapchat. <laughs> Limited number of seats. I haven't heard of anyone else doing that. No, I haven't heard about anybody making money off of Snapchat, which is interesting because, I mean, big brands now are using Snapchat, you know, brands like Comedy Central, the Food Network, um, they're using it as a way to tell their their stories to, to this generation who's who's on Snapchat, but like, are they actually making money off of it? I'm not sure, but Alex Soth is, which is amazing. Yeah, so for $100, you'll get, he says, a minimum of 25 pictures. It's an interesting experiment. Now, the thing with Snapchat is you can actually do a screen grab. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But when you do a screen grab, the, the, the photographer gets notified that you've taken a screen grab. So in theory, you could capture Alex's stream mm -hmm. in Snapchat. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, and then put some caption on it and then sell it like Richard Prince for a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Prince should buy Alex. <laughs> yes. 
and then make an exhibit out of it. Yeah, why would he buy? He would just, you know, just steal it. Go You're ahead, right. Richard Prince. <laughs> We've given you the idea. Yeah. Now run with it. <laughs> anyway, I'm curious to see what happens with this, and I'm curious anyone who joined up with uh, Alex's project here, let us know what's up. Yeah. We love going back into the time machine and looking at old photos. And you and I, I don't know, I, I feel like we love seeing all these old hip-hop photos. Yeah, we're, we're fans. We're fans. Um, and so on the Huffington Post, there is a, an article called Nostalgia-Inducing Photos of Hip-Hop's Golden Age. Now, I recognize that everyone who listens to the show isn't necessarily a hip-hop fan, but you're probably familiar with some of the names. For example, you probably have heard of Busta Rhymes. And I can hardly believe... That this is Busta Rhymes. It's pretty goofy and crazy. He looks so. It's more like uh, like Will Smith, DJ yeah. Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> he looks so young in this photo. Yeah. The other thing is the co image quality of this photo. It's, I mean, it's shot square, so I assume maybe it's a Hasselblad. It's amazing. So clear. <laughs> oh, what did you like out of this? I mean, there's so many good ones. I know. I I love this simple portrait one. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the simple studio portrait ones um, because they're they're timeless. Whereas some of these you can absolutely well salt and pepper here. They salt and pepper. <laughs> they're in a commercial yeah. recently. For, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, they're singing "Push It" and it's a parody, and they have all these people pushing things. And I'm at a loss to remember what it was for. Maybe it was a Geico ad. Who knows. <laughs> Well, the, the photographer of many of these is Jeanette Beckman, um, and they're just some really, really nice things. Chuck D from Public Enemy. Yeah, so this link and all the links that we're talking about today can be found on our blog at blog.photoshelter.com. So don't just settle for listening to us describe the photos. Words cannot do these justice. No. Over on The New Yorker, uh, there's an article called The Sea Women of South Korea, or the Hanjeo, and f photographs by Hyung Kim. Let me tell you about these women. So there's an island off the southern coast of the main peninsula of Korea called Jeju, sometimes spelled Jeju, but it's all the same thing. Uh, it's known as kind of a resort island. I, I went there a few years ago uh, with Jeffrey, and we were taking uh, a tour around the island, and we saw these women. These women have, for many, many generations, gone out to sea with uh, no scuba gear or no nothing, and then they dive and they hold their breaths for you know a minute or two to get different uh, sea animals for eating, like clams and oysters or, or whatnot. Um, and now they're basically at the last generation. The youngest Hanjeo is now 34, I think the article said. Yeah, something like that, in their 30s. And a lot of them are like 80 or 90 and still going out there in the wetsuit and going down and diving. That is unreal. So knowing that this is kind of a, a, a dying cultural phenomenon, first of all, they're, they're, they've been suggested to become a UNESCO heritage cultural unit, whatever they call that thing. Um, but Hyung Kim went out and photographed them uh, against a white sheet and he said you know he had to go and up to these people and say I want to take your portrait and a lot of them said no um, I mean it's just it's the same sort of uh, a challenge that any photographer has to say hey come I would like to take your portrait and people are a little skeptical and whatnot but thank god he's doing it 
Yeah. I, I, something about these just, I was immediately drawn. Yeah. They just, I'm sure this is the youngest woman here that yeah, you're must showing. Be, must yeah. Be. And these are printed life size, I believe. Amazing. Yeah, from floor to ceiling. Well, so Hyung Kim is not the only photographer who's been shooting this stuff. Last year, David Allen Harvey also covered it from a more documentary style. And he was posting some of these images on the Nat Geo Instagram feed. So if you want to get a sense more of what this looks like in real life, we'll have the link to the uh, Magnum Photos gallery that shows you kind of these rocky terrains and they get up early and they put on their wetsuits and then they go diving to get abalone, squid, and conch. It's wacky. It's just wacky. <laughs> so some really, really great imagery of this uh, really interesting cultural phenomenon. On T Magazine, the fashion magazine of the New York Times, there's a photographer, Stephen Posen. Zach Posen's dad, the actor. No, who, Zach Posen uh, is a designer. Oh, Zach Posen is designer. Oh, you know, I was thinking of Zach Efron for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I was really confused. That, okay. <laughs> no, that Zach Posen sense. from Project Runway. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dad is a, he's just recently explored photography. Within the past ten years, he's he's actually an abstract paint painter, um, but yeah, he's put together a book of his random snaps that he's taken, you know, through the past ten years while getting into photography and creating a book juxtaposing images that play off of each other. So the diptych, of course, is is used frequently in art and photography, and we saw. Uh, Scott Strazanti's book, Common Ground, where he did that um, a lot as well. This first image, I got to say, is <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Uh, it's a gumball vending machine on the left and the memorial from the killing fields in Siem Reap, Cambodia, with all the skulls, which I've seen in real life. And it's, it's pretty jarring when you, when you understand how many people went through these process, processing facilities to be killed. Um, so... I don't know that he's making a statement other than things look alike, at least in this case. Yeah. I, th I feel like that's, that's mostly it. <laughs> yeah, because you don't really want to make not, a statement. Other no, than and the rest that. of the work is not political in any way <laughs> right. or anything. Yeah. So interesting. You know, I, I like the project. I wouldn't say it's the greatest photography. Nah. No. But it's interesting to see artists who then become photographers, which leads us into the penultimate story. Oh. About Angora show bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you know what, I mean, everyone's heard of Angora sweaters, but you might not know that they come from rabbits, bunnies, Angora bunnies. And over on the New York Times Magazine, they hired Andres Serrano, who you might remember because he did the Christ in Piss uh, piece of artwork. Yeah. So here's another uh, traditional artist. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he's traditional, but I mean, he came from the art world, not not the photography world. But like Stephen Posen, has explored photography, and he went to an Angora show uh, and did a bunch of portraits of these rabbits, which look 
ridiculous. So fluffy. This this uh, story was getting passed around by everyone I know on Facebook. Oh, really? Yes. And I <laughs> I love the portraits he did. They they're very reminiscent of like the old school style of getting your pet. T- your, your pet's portrait taken yes. with this like blurry funny background like colorful background yeah it's very like 70s looking to me or like so, 80s you know now that you say that because i was not i mean i think the bunnies are funny but when i was looking at the photos the the first thought was these aren't very good photos compared <laughs> to you know think about all of these incredible studio shots we've seen in yeah the of animals yeah Tim Flack, like all these guys have been shooting incredible stuff. And you get this very kitschy, Mm -hmm. as you say, kind of like old school 70s vibe to it. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess it does match the subject matter. A little bit. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's quirky and it's weird. It's so weird. Oh, these bunnies. I just want to pick them up and and hold all of them together. You can can hardly believe this is real. You can't you can't see their eyes, which I think is interesting because there's so much fur. So I, you know, when they, I'd like to read about this some more. Do they shear the bunnies like they do sheep, or do they actually kill the bunnies? <gasps> I have no idea. They must shear them. They must. must. Them. Oh, I don't know. Give us a shout out if you know about Angora bunnies. <laughs> Tweet at us at Photo Shelter. Tell us about. I, I could probably Wikipedia it as well, but it's more fun when you when you tweet at us. We always like to end on a fun note, and yesterday, well, two days ago, actually, it was April Fool's Day, April 1st. I didn't see that many good April Fool's jokes. I think the internet took a break from the April Fool's, which I think was smart. Yeah, I think that was really smart. And (laughs) so maybe not surprising that it took me a few days to actually find anything. Well, it turns out that Motorola uh, did a little video and we're assuming that it's a joke. <laughs> so we don't really know. I didn't actually go to the website. I just watched the video. Um, but the joke is artisanal selfie sticks. So uh, hip. So hip. So hip. So they did this whole, you know, uh, artisanal hipster, uh, such a typical kind of video of the workmen in their, you know, craftsperson thing, pulling leather and filing down wood. And saying all of these ridiculous statements about the selfie and self-expression and whatnot. Oh, my God. Um, but, you know, I got to say, after seeing these selfie sticks, Sarah, the it kind of makes me want an artisanal selfie stick. No! <laughs> now, I don't know if you watched the video the whole way through, but at the very end, the, the leather artisan who's putting on the leather wrap on the handle, he does a voice command to the phone to the Motorola phone. And he says something like, hey, Moto, take a selfie. And then you hear the phone go, oh. So I think what they were doing was more illustrating the voice command capability uh, of the phone. Yeah. Working with the selfie stick. Okay. That's what I think is happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, as the article says, now you can tell the world how much you love craft beer, American apparel, and fleet foxes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh boy. Selfie stick. There's uh, a website for that. We'll we'll post that too. You can go check it out. Yeah. And then tweet uh, us. Speaking of Twitter, are you gonna ask me about the hashtag I have on my uh on my title 
Here. Oh, why don't you? So Sarah, you know, when we video this stuff, uh, we often have what, what is known in TV parlance as the lower third. It's your name and your little title. I forgot to turn mine on today, but Sarah Jacobs <laughs> has hers on and the hashtag is make clients happy. What's that about? Yeah, so this month at Photo Shelter, it's Make Clients Happy Month, and all month we're going to be dishing out tips and advice on the blog um, and via Twitter just how to do that, and we really want to hear how you guys do that. What do you do to make your clients return and come back to you because you just made them so happy and you made their life super easy, whether it was something you did on set or the sales process you did or how you delivered images to the clients how do you make them happy? We really want to know. And we're also going to give you so much great advice. Hey, we had that webinar with Justin and Mary a few weeks ago. Yes. And they talked a lot about keeping clients and potential clients very happy, sending a bottle of champagne, um, some really, really great ideas. You can watch that webinar on the blog as well, blog.photoshelter.com. Yep. Well, that's it. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful uh, Easter weekend coming up at least here in New York. Uh, we hope that wherever you are, you have a great weekend and take some photos. So for Sarah Jacobs, this is Alan Murabayashi and my brand new crystal glasses from Warby Parker. Signing off, we'll see you next time on Isle of Photography. Bye-bye.